0: what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the sports kingdom show i am your host eric the duke of sports Sklar. i am joined by my co-hosts the one and only mr 360 tyler pacholke and of course co-host producer extraordinaire jacob gonzalez before we start the show we appreciate you all so much for listening be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the sports kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show also be sure to rate and review the show as well Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us at The Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll cover everything going on in the NBA playoffs as we get closer and closer to finding out who will go up against each other for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. The NFL football season is finally here, so we'll have the first edition of the TSK Show Power Rankings for 2020, and we'll make our picks of the week for week one. We have all this and more on episode 157 of the TSK show coming up right now. to the Sports Kingdom. welcome, to the Kingdom. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 157 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me, as always, my co-host Tyler Pacholky. Tyler, how you doing, man?
1: man it's it's uh it's been a good week dude uh fancy football 2k came out
0: oh 2k we
1: we got we got nba playoffs you know there's a lot of good stuff going
0: on yeah man it 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 feels good to to be doing some things that make us happy doesn't it
1: it's uh it's just it it doesn't even seem like real you know it's just (laughs) it's a little piece of what life used to be like
0: definitely sitting across from me running the board Co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Jacob, what's up, bro? How you doing?
2: I'm good. I'm probably not as happy as Tyler. I haven't played 2K yet. So oh, I gotta get on that. Me and Tyler, and...
1: Me, it doesn't <laughs> help your happiness at all.
2: <laughs> it's been frustrating. I think it came at a perfect time then.
0: But
1: uh, right. I need to go return it asap.
0: No, oh, the shooting is has been very tough to to get used to. But Tyler, myself, uh, our good friend Blake. I don't know if Brett's been playing as much as the three of us have been, but We've been grinding on my team and it's, it's been a struggle, but we're, we're making progress. Tyler, you, you qualified for the tournament, didn't you? Yes, sir. When is it?
1: Yeah. It's uh October 10th.
0: Oh, coming so, up it, in a month.
1: Yeah. It's like at the end of that 40 days.
0: And what's the, what's the grand prize?
1: Well, it's like a tier based like tournament. So the grand prize at the end of the year is $250,000. Ooh,
0: but, half a mil. Uh,
1: yeah, well, quarter mil. But uh, uh, yeah,
0: quarter mil. That uh, see, this is why I was a journalism <laughs> major, not a not a math major.
1: But basically, you you know, you like qualify throughout the year and you advance. Um, so basically, if I can get a couple wins uh, on October tenth, I'll I'll open myself up to being able to qualify for the next round and the the pool will just get smaller and smaller.
0: There you go. Well, we're pulling for you now. Before we get into the NBA playoffs, and it is the eve of the 2020 NFL season, we have to remind you about our friends who make probably the best coffee ever. This episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Campus Point Coffee was founded in 2019 by former UC Santa Barbara students, but due to the COVID-19 pandemic, they had to go strictly online. TSK Show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from campuspointcoffee.com. By entering promo code TSKSHOW, that's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off from CampusPointCoffee.com.
2: And Campus Point Coffee has a variety of different roasts to choose from. And even if coffee really isn't your thing, don't worry. They have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, and even a tote bag. You can find all
0: of those things on CampusPointCoffee.com. My dad, he starts every morning with the Deltopia Medium Roast. And he says there's no other way he'd rather start his day.
1: Yeah, man, I'm the same way. I drink their espresso almost every morning, and it's the best coffee I've ever
2: had. I know this weekend I had a cup of, I don't even know what it was. It might have been Starbucks,
0: but did not like it and immediately turned to that Daltopia medium roast. Support us while also supporting a company that makes probably the best coffee ever in addition to helping save the beaches at the same time.
2: And Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups.
0: So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch, while helping save the beaches, just enter promo code TSKSHOW at checkout for 15% off your purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com. That's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at mid okay. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Kobe Bryant just take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get down with this, you should be butt ass -ass naked. The NBA playoffs are in full effect. We just uh, saw the ending of the Toronto Boston Game 6 that ended in double overtime not with,
2: just an ending a wild ending. Yeah, it was a wild that.
0: ending. We'll we'll talk about that series in a little bit. But first, we have to talk about the Lakers and the Houston Rockets. We haven't talked about that series at all yet. We didn't even the last time we recorded, we didn't even know who the Lakers were going to face. It was either going to be Houston or OKC and it ended up being Houston and the Lakers got punched in the mouth in game 1. They they lost game 1 of this series 112 to 97. Just a completely lackluster performance all around from the Lakers, and they didn't come ready to play at all. And I, I hate the fact that both game ones that the Lakers have played these playoffs have been feeler games, especially for LeBron, but I just have to accept it because it's worked it's worked out so far, and the Lakers are up 2-1 to one in this series now. And that's because game two and three, uh, they were complete opposites of game one. And I'll get this out of the way right now. I'm sorry for doubting playoff Rondo. He was awful in the first game. He had not played a game since, I believe, March 10th, the last game the Lakers played before the shutdown. But in game two, he had a game high plus 28 in terms of plus minus. He had 10 points and nine assists off the bench. And then last night, he was absolutely incredible off the bench again. He had 21 points, nine assists. He was 8 of 11 from the field and three of five from three-point land he outscored the entire houston rockets bench last night jeff green austin rivers and ben McLemore were the only three players to come off the houston bench last night and jeff green was the only one to score out of that trio and jeff green scored 16 points rondo was making some great hustle plays on defense that led to a lot of points off turnovers i remember distinctly uh, I think it was Kuzma and Rondo were double teaming Harden at the top of the top of the key uh, at the three point line, and Harden tried to make that signature behind the back pass that he has made so many times out of double teams to another Rockets player sitting there on the wing waiting to shoot another three pointer, and Rondo c- picked it and got a layup on on the other end, and it was it was great to see plays like that from Rondo. And Rondo was great also as a primary ball handler when LeBron didn't have the ball in his hands and he was setting up plays for other guys. There were so many times when Rondo was out that the Lakers would miss Anthony Davis on the lobs and Rondo was hitting AD every time on those lobs. And it was, it was great to see Rondo also became the first player to score 20 points off the bench for the Lakers in a playoff game since Lamar Odom did in game six of the 2009 Western Conference Finals so that was great to see so I just I wanted to get my apology to playoff Rondo out of the way immediately Uh, a lot of people are apologizing to Rondo last night and today so I, I had to get my piece now game three however aside from Rondo being great it was hundred percent the LeBron game of this series he he came out and asserted his dominance the way I've been wanting him to for so long and he set the tone for the game and he ended up having 29 first half points even though the Lakers found themselves down three at halftime but overall the defense the Lakers have been playing the past two games it's been championship level defense Games two and three were the first times all season that Houston shot forty percent or better from three-point, and they lost. They were sixteen and zero coming into Game Two when they when shooting forty percent or better from three. They shot forty-one and a half percent in Game Two, and then forty percent on the dot in Game Three, both losses to the Lakers. In the in the second half of Game Three last night, the Lakers decided to go small. And it worked out so well for him. AD dominated in Game 3 just like he did in Game 2. He had 34-10 and 10 in Game 2, and then he followed it up with another 26-15 and 15 in Game 3. But he just looked so good in both games using his size to overpower the smaller Houston defenders. And going small allowed the Lakers to be a lot quicker, and it helped them rotate and move around on defense so much better and with so much more freedom. Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso, another two guys I wanted to touch on, making hustle plays all over the place. And although Kuzma didn't make a three at all in game three, he was 7 of 10 from the field with 14 points off the bench, and he's been a very efficient player both on offense and defense. And one of the things that he's been so effective at doing is the way he's cutting to the basket and either being found for a layup or being used as a decoy, cutting across the middle to free up A shooter on the outside and the Lakers defenders were were able to close out and rotate on Houston shooters in the second half but when they were using those smaller lineups the Lakers were and that's exactly what they need to do to combat the potential of Houston's offense going off like I said last night Houston shot 40 percent from three and 100 percent from the free throw line they only had nine turnovers as a team Russell Westbrook who was completely detrimental to the Houston Rockets team in game two ended up having 30 points 13 of 24 shooting and only turned the ball over three times in game three but Houston still lost by 10. That should do wonders for the Lakers confidence going into game four especially for those role players who have had shining moments in these games against Houston and in Portland in the first series they've the Lakers have been able to take Houston's strongest punches and they've been able to adapt and keep the Rockets at bay long enough to get the victory the Lakers did everything they needed to do to beat the Rockets in game three so if they can just continue to to keep doing what they're doing they should win game four but like I said Houston's high-powered offense can go off at any time just like they did in game two in the third quarter where they started out down 16 at halftime and then all of a sudden you look up Houston hits a few threes in a row and now the Lakers had a game on their hands. They ended up losing the lead in the third quarter. They gave up 41 third quarter points in game two, but then they only allowed 17 in the fourth quarter of game two, which ended up sealing the victory for the Lakers. So the Lakers, they have to be ready to take Houston's best punches at all time, at all times. And they have been doing a very good job at that. So the Lakers I think they're sitting in a very good position to to not only win game four, but to win this series, undoubtedly.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely think that uh I definitely agree. I mean they should definitely win this series. They're they're the they have the superior team, even though Houston's a very, very good team. And you know, forcing a team to play your style of basketball is technically, you know, or typically works out for teams. You know, like, I I think that uh, I give Vogel props for adjusting his lineup to play Amp, play Amp, play Marcus Morris at the center more. Markeith Morris. We have the better Morris. Markeith Markeith Morris, my fault. Uh, (laughs) To play those guys at center and, you know, play Les JaVale, play, you know, uh, Javale didn't center, start the I, second
0: half uh, of Game yeah. Three, and when that happened, Lakers fans rejoiced on Twitter. It was great.
1: Yeah, well, typically, you know, you don't you want to make a team play your style of basketball. So, I mean, in most situations, it's not necessarily the best call. But I mean, I think with this Rockets team, is so dramatic that if you have versatile players um, like Ant. and and Morris to play the five and you should, you know, you should try to play them that way and beat them that way. Um, It's just kind of a rare thing that I would say that, you know, changing your style of play to fit another, but man, Houston just causes a lot of issues with that lineup. Uh, PJ Tucker's been awesome. Uh, I love watching him play, but ultimately I just think that they're too much for the Lakers or the Lakers are too much for the Rockets to handle.
0: One of the things I noticed that the Lakers did really well in Game Three, and you mentioned PJ Tucker, Tyler, they did a really good job of running PJ Tucker and Robert Covington off of the corner on closeouts. When uh, PJ Tucker, Robert Covington is is spotting up in in one of the one of the two corners, and they forced PJ Tucker and Robert Covington to to make passes or dribble to the to the hole, and they ended up getting gobbled up. So I thought the Lakers defenders did a really good job of taking that away because P.J. Tucker, he he led the league this year in corner threes. He was the best corner three that's shooter a, in the league. Hey, that's a spot, man. Yeah, no, for sure. And the Lakers did a good job of a, making the adjustments from game one to games two and three to combat that strong suit of P.J. Tucker.
1: Yeah, and it's like, man, you know, you might have to play a lot more of these lineups the rest of the way because – You know, you look at the Clippers, and it's like, yes, they start Zubac, but after that, Montrez is basically the only other center they have. Yeah, Montrez is the one closing out the game. So they're going to need to play Montrez, probably. And then when you're looking at, uh, when you're looking at BAM in Miami, and then, you know, now Boston has a little bit more size. Uh, They play two traditional centers, and then Toronto plays two traditional centers. But uh, you know, it's going to be tricky. And I, but I think ultimately it's smart that they're getting used to being able to play this smaller ball lineup um, because they're probably going to have to deal with it a little bit more in these playoffs.
0: What have you seen from from this series, Jacob? Well, it's funny because coming
2: into the series, the Lakers did have the advantage with the bigs and it was sort of neutralized with the Rockets' small ball lineup. But you mentioned about their small ball lineup and playing AD at the 5, which I've always said he is a 5. I, I know he thinks he's a 4, but it just the Lakers play better when he's at the 5. And then you could put in uh, Keith at the 4. And so that lineup, to me, I think is the best, and it's honestly kind of neutralized the Rockets in a sense. Now, the Rockets could come back and win Game 4 because they're going to make adjustments as well. And for the guard play, and the way they've defended Westbrook has looked really good because Westbrook really hasn't been his himself. Harden's going to get his. Westbrook will get his. But I think the way they've kind of contained Westbrook, they've either made a decision, let Harden have his 30, 40 points, but we're not going to let Westbrook go off either.
0: Yeah, and I, you guys have both brought Markeith Morris up, and I, I didn't bring him up when I was talking about it, but he was amazing in game two off the bench. In the first quarter, he had, uh, I believe he was four for four from three. Ended ended the game uh, uh, four or five, I think. But in the, it's just the contributions that the Lakers are getting from their bench players is exactly where they need to be at. I think. And it's funny too, also because it's been
2: touched on all season. Who is that third guy for the Lakers? And it hasn't really shown. But you don't need that third guy if you're gonna have consistent contribution from your bench. Rondo. Maybe not so effective during the regular season, but he's made for the playoffs. He's been there before. Him and LeBron have been there before. So these young guys, they're going to have to step it up. But from Markeith and Kuzma, the way he's been playing defense, not even his offense, just his defense has been solid. And with Rondo having a big game two and three, that's what you need on the Lakers.
0: Well, and you even mentioned it just now with Kuzma and his defense and then that third, everyone talking about the Lakers needing a third option on offense yeah that's and, still and the that's third, still a mystery the third star kuzma even said that with everybody expecting it to be him he's not worried about being the third option on offense he's just trying to be the third most effective player out there and i think that's the exact right mentality for kuzma to have just make the right play keep doing what he's doing he's been he's grown he's growing up before our very eyes as laker fans and to see what he's doing in his very first playoffs it's been so encouraging. I, I will give him this. He has
2: defended at such a high level when before you kind of questioned his defense just because you didn't know if he could defend fours, if he had the strength, or if he had the lateral quickness to defend a three. But I think you've really seen it before your eyes, like you mentioned here. He doesn't have to score a lot
0: of points. That's not what That's not what his, his spot is on this team. 14 points off the bench is, is a great contribution, especially when it's coming at 7 out of 10 from the field. Tyler, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I I love this play, and I love – I just think – I mean, I'm a big fan of him in general. He's a mature kid. I just think that his route to the NBA is why you see these decision making. Like you said, that's like the perfect response that you want to hear. I'm not trying to be the third scorer. I'm trying to be the third most effective basketball player because that's like what's, you know, most important. Yeah. And that's what helps your team win. And, you know, so much of it, Points per game sometimes just doesn't mean exact you know, it doesn't necessarily mean you gave the team what they needed to win, you know.
0: Yeah. What do you think Houston has to do to win game four?
1: Uh, they just got they, you know, they're they're kind of like they're at the poker table and they're all in. You know, they're, yeah. They're they're they're, they're playing their, their style of ball. They're gonna lose, you know, they're gonna lose this way, they're gonna lose without a center. Um so I don't think it's just it's just a matter of them hitting shots or not. You know, they come out and they're on fire. They're pretty tough to beat. It doesn't matter if you have LeBron and Ann Davis. They have enough firepower to beat the Lakers if they're, if they're shooting well. Um, but it's just over a seven-game span, I don't think that they can do it four times.
2: Yeah, the way they come uh, out and win uh, this next game, it's going to be by their shooting. To me, they remind me of the uh, Orlando Magic when they had Dwight Howard, and they just surrounded him with shooters. But this but this is different because you have shooters and then you have James Harden. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a different dynamic. But nonetheless, they still have corner shooters and P.J. Tuck- Tuck- Tucker, pieces off the bench that all shoot very well. So in order for them to win, they're very streaky. So when they're on, they're on. And their, their bench has showed this in the first series.
0: Yeah, and I mean, listen, that... Third quarter, where they scored forty-one points, and I mean, I think it was there was maybe seven minutes left in the third quarter, and the Rockets had already scored twenty-seven points in the quarter. That's a very high-volume, high-powered offense, and it can go off at any moment. Yeah, and so that's hitting them. That <laughs> like like both you, Jacob, and Tyler, they have to to be on for for things to be going right for them, or else they're not going to be able to beat the
2: Lakers four out of seven times. See, they're very scary when they're hitting shots. I mean, so is every team in the league, but they have so many shooters that they're just that scary to see when they're knocking down their shots. But when they go cold, it's awful. They they come back down to earth, and they're they're awful.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, like I was saying, with with the Lakers' defense playing at a championship level in games two and three, and Houston still shooting 40% from the three point as a team, but losing and then losing in game three by 10, that says a lot to what the Lakers are doing on offense to, to combat such a high powered offense. And, and that, that has to be commended.
1: Yeah, man, it's, they're they're just, uh, it's one of those teams where any given night they can beat somebody because of their ability to score the ball. But, the Lakers are just so solid right now. They're so deep. I think that they're doing enough coaching-wise, trying enough things that um, they're going to be all right. And so many of their defenders are so versatile. You know, people like Caruso and Kuzma um, have really stepped up, and that's like pretty big time. I think that I think you got to give LeBron a little bit of credit and Ant a little bit of credit, getting these yeah. guys ready to go because this is their first playoff action. They're not at home. Uh, they don't have the benefit of Staples Center. So, um, yeah.
0: So, I mean, obviously we, we all have the Lakers going up 3-1 tomorrow night?
1: Yeah, you know, it's I think the Rockets are going to get another game. It can come at any time. Uh, so, I think mean, you know, tomorrow night I think LeBron will be ready to come out and, and get that 3-1 lead. Um, but I do think that it's going to go 6.
0: I predicted – when the series before the series started uh Lakers in five again uh well, that was that was my prediction for the, the Trailblazers series so the math is still on for me but I mean listen Tyler's right the Houston is very capable of getting another game but all right let's move on now to the other Western Conference semi-finals matchup this game this series is actually in progress currently it's, it's halftime of game four between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Denver Nuggets. Uh, the Clippers are up 48 to 40 at halftime. They were, I believe, up at 1.20 to 7 uh, is what I saw. We're recording in a studio across from where the Clippers broadcast is being done, so we get a nice little peek into the studio and see what the score is. But uh, it's 48 to 40 right now, and in game three— the nuggets had that game pretty much in their hands and then they just let it slip away and ultimately i think that's what's going to be the end of denver uh they look tired in my opinion they exerted a lot of energy in the first round series against the utah jazz going seven games and then going up against the clippers is no no easy task either so I think the Clippers ultimately end, end up winning this series in five. But uh, what, are, what are you guys seeing from from this series?
1: I'm thinking you hit the nail on the head. I think that uh, it reminds me of when the Warriors beat the, beat the Mavericks, the we believe yeah. the Warriors beat the Mavericks. And it was such a fight. I mean, that basketball team, and similar to the Denver teams, you know, had to squeeze out every last drop to get through that game, those seven games, to get that win, that, you you know, there's something to that. There's a mental fatigue. It's like fighting, you know. It's a physical fight. And to go and deploy the same team every night is a whole other beast. And I just think that this Clippers team is, the players are further along as far as just their experience, their, their championship pedigree, their vision. This Nuggets team is right where they need to be they had a great season i think second round is right where they need to be like western conference finals i think would have been like uh you know they went above and beyond their expectations so i i think they lose in 5 and uh and the denver keeps progressing in the future and this clippers lakers showdown is about to be something something awesome
2: yeah uh i think that they're they won't win another game and even if they do win a game Jokic and murray have to have really big nights like they did in the last win well and that's the thing is murray can't go for 50 every night no he can't especially against Kawhi leonard and paul george the, the clippers have too many defensive weapons to throw at murray
0: and the nuggets so he won't he won't go for 50 again and and tyler brought up a really good point and i i think it it is also playing a huge factor in the Lakers series. And and really, I think it's a big factor in any playoff series. But the fact that you have to play a team at least four times in a row, potentially seven times in a row, and the amount of studying and and preparation and and film watching that gets done to prepare for each game when you're playing the same team, you start to understand tendencies and there's a – phrase that gets thrown thrown around a lot in basketball and, and sports in general when you're going up against an opponent is know your personnel and it's really easy to learn your personnel over a four to seven game series so i think that is really helping the clippers in the fact that they got to see what the nuggets had for seven games versus the jazz and now they're getting to see what they have up against them and just know the Clippers being able to understand and know Denver's personnel, it's it's crippling for Denver because the Clippers are the better much players. better. Yeah, they have better players. They're the much better yeah. team.
1: Yeah, I mean, your scheme doesn't work as well when you have two weeks to prep for it. So it's rather than, you know, 24 hours like they're used to. So
0: Doesn't help that the Clippers just cut Beverly back either. No, and listen, as much as a a pest as as Beverly is and um he might not be effective in terms of what shows up in the box scores he brings another level of energy to the team and he it's palpable for for the clippers so it's i mean yeah the clippers are going to win this series and we're we're destined for for lakers clippers like we have been talking about this entire season
1: yep and uh, it's gonna be a good one.
0: Yeah. Oh, the Battle of L.A. for the first time ever. I mean, the Clippers are about to make it out of the second round of the playoffs for the first time in their their franchise's history.
1: And That's the, big time, baby.
0: And the Lakers are going for their 17th championship.
1: I've been watching the Clippers my whole life, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to see. I'm I'm happy to see where they're at.
2: Well, that statement right there was a tale of two different worlds. What? One, hey, one. Man, the Clippers are going to make it out hey, of their first semi semifinals, and the Lakers are going for their seventeenth championship. 17th championship. Yeah, man. championship. I, I was going to finish it.
1: Don't make me bring up the last decade when it comes to Lakers Clippers. All right, let's just has it resulted me, has it
0: resulted in a championship for the Clippers? That's all I want to know.
1: It doesn't matter. Exactly, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. The, the the better team of the 2010s, the best LA basketball team of the 2010s. With the Clippers. There's no discussion. Yeah, you
2: can't say there's a rivalry. I've I'm, always thought that the rivalries were made in the playoffs, not so much in the
1: season. The rivalry is made from all these people no, in LA. No. No. Tyler No one outside of LA gives a shit. Let
0: Tyler hang the banner for the Clippers of best team in the two thousand tens of Los Angeles. So let Tyler hang that banner for them. They they can have it. There
1: that. we go. There uh, we go. No one gets it no one gets a banner in the nineties. None of y'all <laughs> did shit in the nineties. <laughs>
0: all right. Let's let's move on to the East. Let's let's first talk about the series that is over. The Miami Heat upset the number one seed, Milwaukee Bucks. Miami wins that series in five games. They were absolutely dominant in the series, and really they've been absolutely dominant in the entire Eastern Conference playoffs. The, the one loss to the Milwaukee Bucks was their first loss of the entire playoffs. Um, but I think this series was a lot more about what's wrong with Milwaukee and not what's going right with Miami. Um, Milwaukee has a lot to figure out. First, obviously they need to figure out if Giannis is going to sign this max extension, but that's a tale for a different time. Let's talk about what they need to, what they could have done better on the court. And realistically, it's, they needed somebody to take over in the fourth quarter because Giannis wasn't capable of doing that. And it was clearly evident. Of they didn't have anybody that was a threat in terms of we need a big shot to, to change this momentum. And Giannis wasn't giving it to him. Chris Middleton wasn't giving it to him. I know Chris Middleton willed them to victory to get them that one victory that they got in the series when Giannis went down, but I just didn't see any sort of—I don't—I don't even know what the word is. I—I I didn't see any fight from Milwaukee in this series, really. Tyler, what do you think?
1: I think you're dead on um, with the whole this series is way more about Milwaukee than. Miami now I don't want to take away credit because I, I like I said I no Miami, Miami
0: deserves a lot of credit they I
1: love it uh, they probably they probably would have won this I'm going to say because they won the series I'm going to say they would have won the series no matter what but I think that this series really was more about Milwaukee well I, th- I uh, think
0: it, I think they win the series it, whether Giannis gets hurt or not
1: and so I think that the coaching is really what you have to look at you 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 mismanage the defensive player of the year I don't Giannis is not the problem you know no Giannis isn't the the problem all the the time when superstars have teams that don't necessarily succeed it's always a super it's like it's not that Giannis is giving it like look at that kid's effort every night right you can see like the passion he plays with you can see the you know it's not his decision who he guards you know, you and so, uh, and then they just got their ass whooped, and they don't have that next guy. I've been saying the last two years that he needs his Pippen, uh, because he is Michael Jordan. He needs you need something to play off. Of uh, Chris Middleton is like a third fourth option, and I actually heard today. I I, I wanted to say it was Max Kellerman, but he said you know the Jordan Pippen like thing is the wrong wrong way. It, it's Shaq looking for Kobe. It's Shaq needs yeah, yeah, And that's that's such a better comparison because he he needs somebody to like be the the killer so all of his physical dominance, like you can't respect both both of those. You know, or you have a Kobe and Shaq type of relationship. It's not necessarily he's a killer and needs another killer. He needs a perimeter guy. Even somebody like Brad Beal, CJ McCollum, uh those kind of type of players. Like, if he plays with someone like that, that's going to take him to the next level because all of a sudden you can't respect his inside presence, his ability to attack the rim, and the playmaker ability on the outside of a guard like that.
0: Yeah, and I think another thing with the coaching was I don't understand how uh, Mike Boonholzer was limiting Chris Middleton and Giannis's minutes and like their season's on the line here. Like I don't understand how he's not going balls to the walls with his players. It's the playoffs. It's it's do or die. So, All the chips are on the table. Like these are must win you know, games.
1: Kind of, we just talked about that with Bogle and him. You know, changing the way he coached. Yeah, to adjust to the situation. And Budenholzer is not going to do that. And that's another thing that it's going to well, end I up know, costing
0: Bogle him his job. It.
1: Yeah, I don't think yeah, it it might have cost him his job already because he plays eleven guys. He plays them all really similar minutes and uh you know, typically in a playoff I would wanna tighten my rotation up, put my stars on the floor longer. Uh, but he didn't you know, he obviously doesn't have that same philosophy and it, it looks like it's it costs him. It time. I think he should be fired, to be honest with you. Yeah. I know that that's harsh. I know that he's the coach of the year guy, but you just fumble the ball and you just you just if you might have drove Giannis out of Milwaukee. I think that there was a point in time when like Giannis wanted to be in Milwaukee. But this experience with the Bucks is gonna hurt them dearly when it comes to him signing his next deal, requesting trade requesting for a trade free agency, whatever it may be. This is going to hurt him big time. And so...
0: I completely Udall,
1: you agree. He might, might not have only ruined his job. He might have lost Giannis. I mean, you can't have that caliber of a player and lose in the second round like that.
0: I mean, what's it going to look like when... I mean, Giannis already won Defensive Player of the Year. That's a hot topic, especially on this show and with Laker if, fans.
1: If he wins MVP, it's just like Booneau has got to, it. Exactly. It's, it's like...
0: like what does that say?
1: Because he's, you know, he's done a great job at running that basketball team, similar to like a Popovich, and and having this deep rotation, these even minutes, you know, uh, not playing Gian- like overplaying Giannis, uh, but it didn't work. You know, it has it hasn't worked, especially without, you know, you know, you may say that he doesn't have like the right complementary piece for Giannis, so it's tougher to coach, but I think that there was a ton of ways he could have covered that up, and definitely the defensive, the, his defensive philosophies with Giannis, his minutes per game with Giannis in this playoff has been like head-scratching.
2: Yeah, the the, the Bucks they had their pieces, but I think they were just mismanaged, though. You know, d- down the wire, you don't have um, Giannis guard Butler in some of those games. Now, those are questionable calls here. Now this roster you could say has to be shaken up at some point cuz it does but a lot of this falls on on uh, Mike Budenholzer. So you think he should be fired or I think he should be gone. He he's had a great couple of years there but if you're going to consistently get to the playoffs and then fail there,
0: a lot of that has to do with coaching. Yeah. But I mean listen, uh like Tyler said I don't want to discredit what Miami did. I mean Jimmy Butler has been incredible in these playoffs, leading the Miami Heat. Bam Adebayo obviously was in the running for most improved player. He's solidi- solidifying himself as a, a one of the best big men in this league at such a young age. I mean, like, uh, like Jacob said about rivalries being made in the playoffs, names are made in the playoffs, and, and Bam Adebayo, I think, is making a name for himself, another guy making a name for himself. Tyler Hero.
1: My dog, Tyler, <laughs> just just killing it. but um, so yeah, man, he uh stepping up big against Milwaukee, a little background. He's from actually he's from Wisconsin. Uh grew up and played high school ball there. Uh when he was in high school, he famously committed to his home state Wisconsin the University of Wisconsin Badgers and decommitted and, and and recommitted to Kentucky, which right before his senior year season, which you can tell, like, a lot of the home state people were very unhappy about uh, because they wanted to see their home state university have Tyler Hero. Um, So he played in crazy hostile crowds, like his entire senior year, every school just absolutely hated him. He got riled up uh, and he, and he pieced them all in. I mean, he was a dominant, obviously, top-tier McDonald's All-American type of high school basketball player. Uh, so I think it's funny that, you know, now he just pieced in their pro team.
0: Well, and, I mean, he's playing with so a little he's bit. Done,
1: he's done He's done a bunch of high schools dirty. He did the university dirty. And now he just, his his career just took a step forward in the series that ended Milwaukee, maybe Boonholzer.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's. He's also playing with another chip on his shoulder. He apparently, there's some rumors flying around that his girl cheated on him while he was in the bubble with one of his boys. So, I mean, just completely sticking it. When it the, rains, it pours. Yeah, when it rains, it pours, and just completely sticking the dagger into the back of every single person from Wisconsin, and then now just crushing it on the on the NBA stage. It's It's been a lot of fun to watch Tyler Hero, but... I mean, Miami's been dominant all playoffs, and it's looking like they could be the favorites to come out of the East, no matter who comes out of this Toronto and Boston series, which which I want to transition to. Toronto and Boston just got done with game six, two overtimes. What I mean, an incredible game. Toronto ends up winning 125 to 122. This series has been back and forth like no other boston won the first two games then toronto won the next two then toronto loses game five only to come back and win game six and double overtime and now we got the best two words in all of sports and that's game seven
2: man and these players in this game were gassed i think there was eight players with over 50 plus minutes in this game so you can just imagine how tired they are but hey everything's on the line for for the raptors if you're the raptors you're in great position because you had the chance to possibly go down 3-0 in this series at one point. And OG Ananobi saved you, but now it's a chance that you can go back to the conference finals and prove to all the people that that this team is just as good without Kwai.
1: Yeah, this has been such a great, great series. Just sickening for Celtics fans with that OG shot because really the, the, you know, the series would have been so different with the 3-0 lead um but uh yeah man game seven is going to be amazing two well coached teams uh two really deep talented teams uh i'm i'm really excited i don't i don't really have a horse in this race i'm i'm kind of just enjoying it
0: yeah i'm just in i'm i mean i don't want the celtics to win
1: yeah i think tatum and siakam are you know kind of the future of the eastern conference
0: oh yeah definitely definitely and I mean, if
1: Siakam doesn't get traded to the Warriors.
0: Oh my goodness! If Siakam gets traded to the Warriors, where did that come from?
1: It might happen. You never know. I have mean, got inside sources. Oh really? No, <laughs> I just hope that happens.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, hey, Pascal Siakam to the Warriors—that'd be dangerous. But
1: get Wiggins and get Wiggins in Canada, and then you know get that number, that number one pick Ooh. or number two pick or whatever. I-
0: that's not a bad. That doesn't sound like a bad deal to me, but
1: see, see all of a sudden the wheels are turning. Sounds <laughs> good, huh?
0: <laughs> yes, it does. But no, like like you were saying, Tyler, it, I don't have a dog in this race. I I don't. I'm not rooting for Boston to win, even though they they were my prediction to get to the to the finals against the Lakers. I'm I'm just enjoying really good basketball with this series. And what's been really interesting, I think, in this series specifically, and it's it's something we've kind of talked about as a theme for these playoffs the away team has won every game in this series so technically this series is where we can say the lack of home court advantage has definitely been a factor in this series
1: yeah no for sure it's uh i think it's been it's been a low-key factor at all these playoffs it's been really interesting to see how all these organizations, you know, I think veteran-run teams are, de- which they both are, are definitely benefiting from it all. It's going to be kind of similar to NFL Week One, you know. It's such a different, it's such a different atmosphere and and feeling coming in.
2: Yeah, it was very uh, even slate and in coming into the bubble, regardless. But I think in the playoffs, though. That home court advantage doesn't really matter. Yeah, they pump the crowd noise in, and, you know, if you're at home, I guess they put up your fans, but that doesn't necessarily have an effect on the game. Uh, So I could see why the away teams, you know, are winning these games. But, like, you guys, I don't really have a team, per se, that I'm rooting for, but I still think Boston comes out of this series.
0: Yeah, I think – I mean, geez, it's so tough picking against the defending champs in a game seven, though. I I know, but they don't have that guy that put them over the
2: top. Like, they're a great team, but – why was that guy that you go to in crunch time? They
1: don't have that. Yeah, I got it. I got to go with Boston. I got I got to go with Brad Stevens. And
0: yeah, data. I'm going with Boston just because the of my prediction. But I mean, it's 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 tough picking against a defending champ in a game seven. And plus, I would rather see Boston go up against Miami. That's that would be a really
2: fun see, series. See, I would love to see that series. The Raptors and the Heat. That'd be a good series, but. I still think Miami would run away with it quicker than they would against Boston.
0: Yeah. No, it's 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 going to be interesting to 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 find out what happens. I mean, the the playoffs I think overall have been some of the most competitive fun playoff games we've seen in recent years, especially with the fact that the last uh aside from last year obviously, the the four or five years before that, we were all always expecting Warriors and Cavs to meet up in the finals so to see this kind of parody in the league now it's it's been a lot of fun to watch
1: yeah no it's it, it was so nice uh really kind of just opened up this last year too, year and a half all
0: right yeah no it's it's been fun but uh it is the eve of the NFL football season I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's
2: why we took the damn field.
0: I'm just here so I won't get fined. Straight
1: cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
0: I know we've had the sounder for for a few weeks now, but uh, it just hits different on the eve of the NFL football season. It really does. <laughs> I even got the chills.
2: I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm man, it's to the last
0: piece. I'm so happy that football is back. And obviously, first off, before we get into the reality, we got to talk about fantasy football. Tyler, uh, obviously you are the commissioner of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. We had our draft on Monday, Labor Day. Uh, Why don't you give us the highlights of of the draft?
1: Well, it was pretty crazy. Um, I think that, uh, first of all, we got a lot of different draft strategies. I think that was was really fun to to see. Yeah, you know, we're not... We're not a group that's really tied to rankings. I think you can see where everybody had a clear strategy of where they were trying to go, and they stuck to it. Um, there's a lot of mental games involved because of, you know, how, how many of the, the people in the league know each other, know who, who they like, know their favorite teams, um, know kind of their picking habits. I made sure um, to get, so get Bobby know.
0: Wagner as an individual defensive player before any of you Hawks fans could get him.
1: Yeah, no, we all made that comment, too. We knew. We were like, "Yep, he knows. He knew. He knew what you do. So, it was just, it was a lot of fun in that way. Uh, People went off the board. I tried to do kind of a mock draft, and I was just completely wrong all the way across, basically. So, um, it was good, man. It was a lot of fun. 20 rounds, 12 teams, so a lot of picks.
0: Yeah, do you, I mean we don't have to i i'm just kind of thinking of this on the fly but do you want to run through both of our teams real quick we can just say who we who we ended up going with
1: yeah i mean basically i i ended up going wide receiver heavy and um i ended up well just up with just say my, your,
0: just say your full team real quick
1: all uh, right Well, all right so um i don't know if you have it pulled no. up
0: i can pull i i have mine pulled up i can go first
1: no uh i i mean all right, you can go first. That's fine. I
0: know it. Okay, well, all right. So my quarterback is Cam Newton. Uh, one of my keepers was Melvin Gordon. I got Joe Mixon as my other running back, and then my other keeper was Julio Jones. Then I got Cooper Cup, Stefan Diggs, Jared Cook as my tight end. I got Mark Ingram in the flex position. My individual defensive players are Bobby Wagner, Melvin Ingram the third, and newly paid – and he got a big bag, Jalen Ramsey of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, My defense is the Vikings, and my kicker is Matt Prater. And then a couple highlights on my bench are LaShawn McCoy, uh, Robbie Anderson, Carrion Johnson, and Michael Pittman Jr.
1: Yeah, so um, I'll try to do – I kind of draft in groups. I don't necessarily have clear starters, but – um, at quarterback, I went with Kyler Murray. Um, I'm trying to, I, I really didn't have him on my radar at all, uh, but he kind of fell to a point where I felt like it was a good good pick for the good value pick. So I got Kyler Murray and then Matt Ryan, so I feel like between the two of them, we'll get some good quarterback play. Running backs were definitely like my weakness, but I ended up making a big trade um, for Leonard Fournette. So I now have Leonard Fournette, who's kind of a question. I have Kareem Hunt, who's kind of a question because he's a backup. I got Jonathan Taylor, who's a question purely because he's a rookie. But and the Colts are I high him. on
0: him. The Colts are high on him.
1: Yep, I, I, and I like I like Kareem Hunt. I like Jonathan Taylor's talent. So it's just all about what uh, you know what their role is with the team. And then um, I also have David Montgomery, the Bears running back who I'm not super high on, but he's my fourth running, fifth running back. So it's not a big deal. And then I also have James White, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then my wide receiver core, which is definitely my best. I have Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham Jr., and Keenan Allen. Yeah, you cross so that. In my mind, I got three number ones. Um, and then my my uh, my fourth and fifth receiver is rookie C. D. Lamb, who I think can be big time for the Cowboys. And then... Um I don't know how many years he's been in the league, but Alan Lazard for the Green Bay Packers. Yep. I just looked at that, you know, second receiver job, third receiver jobs kind of up in the air for anybody in Green Bay. Um and then at tight end I went with the second year pro TJ Hawkinson, basically trying to recreate my magic with Mark Andrews from last year. He's a second he's a second year tight end, which is typically when tight ends break out. And uh he was an absolute stud in college, eighth overall pick in the draft. So I like TJ Hawkinson. I got him late, uh, hoping that he's gonna have a breakout season. Um, and then surprisingly I was able to grab Seattle's defense. I don't know I don't know how I made it happen. I'm surprised everybody passed up on it, but I got the Hawks defense, so I'm super stoked about that. <laughs> and then uh my defensive players were solid. I got Jaday Von Clowney. Nice uh, Uh, Harrison Smith and Darius, uh, not Darius Leonard, uh, Tremaine Edmonds from Buffalo.
0: Okay, all right, there you go. And then you're actually,
1: I I was projected. I'm projected like the least amount of points for Week One, so the computer's hating on my draft. But I like the uh, the promise of the the future of my picks.
0: Yeah, I think the computer's hating on my team a little bit too. I think I'm projected. I think second to last to to finish out the season. So uh, the computer's hating on me too. So don't worry about that too much. But you're—I think you're going through an, uh, another draft for your third league right now. Is that true?
1: Yeah, kind of. It's—it's like auto dropping some of them, but
0: oh, I'm
1: not—I'm not paying attention too much. <laughs> okay, auto- I
0: was going to ask you how you were doing in it.
1: It auto dropped me Cortland Sutton. Oh, well, so that's interesting. I'm not—I'm not, I'm not super stoked on that. <laughs> Well, uh, that was like my, I was like my fifth pick, but um, I got a Dalvin pick was my first round pick. So
0: there you go, that's solid.
1: And then I was able to get Eckler by second, and so and then I think it auto dropped to me Mike Evans. Um, okay. And said
0: Okay. Well, every everyone loves clever fantasy football name like team names. So, uh, what are the team names you got, Tyler? I know you're in three leagues this year.
1: Yeah, so with the T S K Show League I went with kind of a play on a uh, a Happy Gilmore reference where he says green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? <laughs> um so because I drafted Kyler Murray, I just went with Tyler, Kyler, who gives a shit?
0: Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Um for then, wh- what's then, the other league?
1: And then I got and then I got the big Gronkowski, Yep. Uh which is for the draft right now. And I did, in fact, get so that's solid. Uh, and then I'm in a league that Jordan Carlson, shout out Jordan. Uh, shout, out, run, shout out Jordan. And my uh, my team's called Uncle Tyler.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, so for me, my three leagues, uh, first, the League of Fools. Uh, I always try and do a play on a player, uh, like a name of a player I have on the team. So the League of Fools, uh, it's a repeat from last year because I ended up with Tyreek Hill again so I got the Thai freaka leaks uh playing off the the old song freak leak by Petey Pablo and then for the Valley Village Invitational I had the second pick in the draft so I ended up getting Saquon Barkley so that team is called Defquan four and for the TSK show Fantasy Football League I got Cooper Cup and Cam Newton so I decided to play on Cup of Noodles with Cup O Newton
1: the the couple news is so good dude yeah
0: That's <laughs> hey listen man uh,
1: what, what was the second one
0: uh def Quan four like DefCon four like for like uh emergencies for like the military and stuff
1: yeah yeah so but but it's for Saquon. Yeah. yeah you should change it from four to 26
0: uh yeah i mean i could
1: i'm just playing with the idea i know four is maybe the you know the technical term but
0: yeah no i like that though changing it to 26 i'm probably going to do that actually give it give it his number
1: just you know something to think about yeah
0: i still got some time before the season starts but all right let's let's hit the first edition of the 2020 tsk show power rankings tyler take it away
1: crazy man this is uh it's always hard to do week one rankings but this year I mean just with nothing it's it's really i really based it on veterans you know who's coming back what coaches what quarterbacks are coming back
0: well and I think that's going to be the key too this year especially with COVID I think the more veteran teams you like the more veterans you have on a team the more disciplined they'll be the more healthy they'll be at the end of the year
1: yeah exactly um so uh, so you're going to see a lot of kind of that that topic, that, that kind of trending in here. All, all these guys kind of look like pretty solid uh, veteran squads. Not a lot of surprises. Um, real quick before we start, though, I think this has got to be the inaugural week, and it only makes sense for it to be in 2020. Um, in the TSK Show, History of the NFL, which is our fourth season. Oh, speaking of uh, speaking of
0: which, sorry, I I hate to interrupt. Uh, uh, this is Jacob's first full NFL season with us, so welcome, Jacob. This is going to be a oh, lot, lot of fun. Man. I know I didn't get
2: the uh, the full you know TSK show feeling uh, last season because I only joined half of it, but this is a full season. I can't wait. All right, sorry, Tyler. Uh,
1: you find there? There starts to become these developing storylines of my hatred teams like minnesota <laughs> that's like well that. documented so. for sure yeah. well so, no i i got power. that back
2: even though i was just here for half a season i got that back <laughs> at that time
1: yep yep exactly so um yeah so what i'll just say is, this you know fourth year doing this is the first time in in uh, uh power rankings history that the new england patriots are not a top 10 football team wow they have completely dominated the power rankings throughout the throughout the C S K show week. Um, they've been in number one uh, the, the most of any franchise uh, by a large margin. Um, so pretty crazy. I just there's no way I could fit them in right now, even though I think that they could obviously be there. And here they go. They get some airtime in the top ten, even <laughs> though they're not in the top ten. But
0: no, uh, listen. They they had a lot of guys pull out, especially think, on defense.
1: Yeah, that. See, that is the that is the most concerning part to me. I think the coaching is going to be great. We know that. They're going to have a great run game. We, you know Cam Newton has the ability to play football, has the ability to, like, win some games. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback, but he's definitely not the worst, and he's definitely not average. I think he's an above-average starting quarterback. So they could definitely find their way in, but they ain't in tonight. So... uh I'm gonna start out with number ten, and that's gonna be the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, this is a team wow. that I think is just really teeter tottering. Um, they're teeter tottering on the brink of just being a Super Bowl champion and completely blowing up their team. Um, but because of you know the COVID, because of their their quarterback situation, their offense, um, I just think that they're going to be able to come into the to the season ready to go compared to a lot of other teams they're in a really tough division with new orleans uh at tampa bay so it's going to take a lot for them to get a playoff spot uh so they they probably will be on the outside looking in i have them as the seventh best nfc team so i have them on the outside looking in but they're still a top 10 football team uh julio jones calvin ridley matt ryan uh, todd Gurley's uh, looking
0: to bounce back
1: Todd Gurley's looking to bounce back, uh, which is the you know kind of the big addition. So that team's going to be uh, that's that's going to be a good football team. They're going to win some games. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to get in the playoffs because of their division. But uh, I still like Atlanta. Um, then coming in at number nine, this is probably this was probably this is probably the weirdest um, of all my rankings. I I tried hard not to put them in here, but it's the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I think I, I don't I don't think I can deny um, you know, the caliber of their defense. I think Josh Allen is a great quarterback and I really like the dynamic of you know, having this running this big six six quarterback that can run long strides, huge hands. Because at the end of the year during their important games, it snows in Buffalo. They need to be built to kind of play their important oh, wow. games in bad weather. And so they've built their team for that. They have a tough they have a top five you know borderline top five defense in the in the NFL, and I think Josh Allen is a cold weather quarterback. Um, so I really look to see Buffalo take advantage of the king being down uh, the patriots, the Patriots kind of falling. I look for them to be the ones to kind of reap the benefit of all. And then uh, coming at number eight, one of my least favorite teams in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> um, we both I think hate them. A lot em. of people actually have them higher. Yeah, uh, I think yeah. a lot of people have these these guys the top five team. Again, I just I tried so hard last year to keep them out of my top five because I just really felt like they were fakers. uh Oh, hold on,
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, Tyler. Hey, what you guys know about Kawhi Leonard tonight? Uh we have been we've been, we've no, been no, recording no. a podcast. What do you <laughs> do?
2: Don't forget about him just because LeBron James game last night. I know what happened there.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see him in the in the conference finals. What did he do? Did they win? Yeah, they, I think they They're won up or ten something. at the end of the third, Adam. You're going oh. crazy. What's he got? He's got seventeen. He got seventeen. He's got, <laughs> <He's> got twenty five. <laughs> I'm looking at the box score, Adam. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. No, it refreshed. It refreshed. Hold on, I gotta go tell him
1: keep
2: recording this is what happens when you have a studio right across from uh adam
1: hey does it does it sound okay my phone was dying so i'm on speaker now
2: no no you're fine
1: <laughs> all
0: right yeah no you're fine oh so what was adam's update no i just told him that it refreshed and he has 26 points not 17 um that's yeah, all right whatever whatever anyway no one cares about the clippers again uh host of the pre and post game show for the los angeles clippers broadcast on am 570 la sports adam oslin to get a King- lock for this door does that lock yeah we <laughs> might have to start locking yeah, okay. it uh sorry tyler continue talking about the san francisco 49ers
1: Well, god i mean i hate that that's not how it's crazy but uh yeah so san francisco eight i think that they're pretenders i don't think that they're a top five team that i've I've kind of seen some rankings, and it looks like San Francisco's uh, flirting in the top five with a lot of people. Um, I think Jimmy G is solid, but I just I don't believe in their offensive weapons. I'm not a huge fan of their running back and wide receiver core. Uh, I know that they have a very good defense. I think that their front seven is elite, uh, maybe the best in the league, and that's kind of why I have them in the top ten. is purely because I think that they can just control a lot of scrimmage on the defensive end. And on the offensive end, uh, they have, you know, Kyle Shanahan who is who's an offensive genius, and Jimmy Garoppolo who's an above-average quarterback. So, uh, right now, I got him at eight. But let's uh, let's root on those guys to drop out.
0: Amen to um, that.
1: And then coming at number seven is my other team that I'm just not a, not a huge fan of, but I'm coming around to them. as Minnesota Vikings. Um, Minnesota. That might be the nicest thing you've ever
0: said. That you're coming around to him.
1: I'm coming around. I mean, I just, I do, I do respect franchises that kind of stick with their guys a little longer and try to, you know, really build a core and a foundation. Maybe hang on a year or two longer, um, and that's how I feel with this defensive core. Now, uh, they made some. They made a crucial addition. You, you got his name right, Scar. What well, the defensive end game? Oh, uh, you say it the best. Oh, in so big time pre-agent <laughs> <Asian> signing, <laughs> so right? I, for the trade. I didn't know who I and didn't I know where you're going with that.
0: I was like, wait, what?
1: Well, last episode, I was struggling. You, you, you helped me out. So no, that's fair. That's fair. Help. So, I think that you know, I like that their defense has been together so long, they add the big name to kind of mix it up. Um, and then. On offense, you know, Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook yeah, them. are all guys that have kind of been seasoned veterans. You know, Dalvin's been through a lot with injuries. Uh, but had know, the breakout Cousins, year last year. Kirk Cousins has been through a lot with, you know, being drafted as a backup and, and whatnot. Uh, and Adam Thielen was an undrafted guy. So uh, I think that the, all that veteran chip on your shoulder, that's gonna be good in the whole COVID situation because I just think that they'll be able to combat everything that comes their way. And I and, think uh, I think making the
0: distinction over uh Thielen versus Stephon Diggs and obviously trading Stephon Diggs to Buffalo, I think that is gonna do wonders just for Thielen's confidence and him and Kirk Cousins already have a good connection, so it's just I think it's just gonna boost it.
1: And and they immediately invest in a pick in justin jefferson out of lsu yeah to come in and play receipt, so you know you see a lot of teams that have this success of grooming receivers letting them go the next man up scenario like like pittsburgh has done uh for so many years you know that's i think that you know and and the falcons have done actually colts well. have done it too with uh,
0: uh marvin harrison reggie wayne ty
1: hilton Yep. So I think that that's you know that Justin Jefferson pick is really good for Minnesota and Adam Thielen because you know it's not like Adam Thielen lost to Fon Diggs Now he's going to be just completely doubled every play because right. no, you have you have to stick a safety close to the box to watch Dalvin and you and you have to respect. I think Justin Jefferson's going to become a receiver that you have to respect on the outside on the opposite side. So uh, look for them to be. Vikings to be better than I want them to be. <laughs> uh let's okay, and then number six, uh number six I got my guys, Seattle. Maybe a tad bit of a, a homer pick, having them this high. Uh, but I really feel like that we're there. I mean, we don't have big sexy names on the defensive line, uh, but we run a ton of rotations. I think we got a group of guys that play first and second down. We got a group of guys that play third down. Um, so I think that we have diversity in our weakness. Uh, We just got our big-time playmaking, safety, in Jamal Adams, which I think is going to carry our defense to a top-five level because he can do a lot of things similar to Earl Thomas, Um, and you know what Earl Thomas did to our defense. And then we got Russ, and I think Russell is the top-five football player in the world. Um, And so I think that Seattle – is destined for a 10-win season and a playoff berth. Now, we're in the toughest division in football. I think the Rams are going to be looking at the playoffs, and I think the Cardinals are going to be looking at the playoffs. Um, obviously, San Francisco is going to be there too, so it's going to be four teams. Uh, we could see any one of those four teams win that division. We say it all so, the time,
0: Tyler. The NFC West is the best division in all of the NFL.
1: I think it's since since the year 2000, It's it's the best. It's the best division, definitely, in the NFC. Um, So, you know, like Atlanta and New Orleans and Tampa Bay, the division part is really going to bang up all these teams' season records. But I I believe that those teams are still the cream of the crop. Uh, Moving into the top five, this is a team that I don't necessarily – I'm not rooting for, but I just can't deny the amount of talent that they have on this roster, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're just completely stacked at every single level um, on offense, on defense. Zeke is one of the few workhorse backs in the league. and Dax, Dax, uh, I would say an above average to a really good starting quarterback. I don't think he's an elite guy yet, but he's really good. Uh, Best offensive line in football to me, bar none. And then C.D. Lamb was just, man, the C.D. Lamb pick, having Amari Cooper already there uh, in his prime it, and they're having a good off. It reminds me of when, um, when the Falcons took uh, Julio because there already were a prolific offense with Roddy white. Yeah. And they was like, damn, you're going to, you're going to add this other guy. And so the aren't Cowboys they be dangerous?
0: Aren't they letting CD lamb rock 88?
1: Yeah. Which is
0: that's big I time. Don't I
1: mean, well, so did Des Bryant. So it's it's kind of like. But so yeah. did Michael Irvin. Yeah. No. And, and eighty-eight, was, I, and 88 is like that's yeah, the number. For, that's uh, the
0: wide receiver number for for the the Cowboys.
1: And I also believe that there's a famous player uh, from the seventies that wore eighty-eight for the Cowboys, although his name is escaping me for the moment. But uh, yeah, it's a legend, C.D. Lamb. Man, I think I think he's a big time, big time receiver. Really excited to see what he does. Uh, it's in Dallas, just i mean they got they got a, they got one of the best linebacker cores in the league i'm not super familiar with their defensive backs i know that they have demarcus lawrence on that edge so it just looks like they just kind of check all jalen
0: smith just signed a big deal with them too
1: yeah and bayon uh layton vanderish they the, the linebacking core is nasty yeah um and then moving on up this team is really hard to judge but uh there's no way I can judge them lower than this. Uh, the Tampa Bay fucking ears. I mean, at, uh, it's, at number four,
0: it's hard not to, not to put them in the top five. I mean, with, with all the weapons that, that Tom Brady has around him, it's,
1: it's, yeah, only... it's just, it's, just too, it's too much, man. They have, they've got a great quarterback room now. Well, we've we, got, uh, what? Keep going.
0: Well, and I, I forgot to mention, um, when we were talking about fantasy football, you made a trade in the TSK show fantasy football league that involves newly acquired Tampa Bay Buccaneer, Leonard Fournette.
1: Yep. And so obviously I'm high on that. Uh, last episode, I felt like that he's going to become their, their, their lead back their you know, first and second down guy between the tackles guy, uh, basically anything that's not you know, a non-passing down, um, and, uh, you know, they're stacked at running back now with three, kind of three-horseback with with Ronald Jones and Shady McCoy there with Leonard Fournette. Uh, Mike Evans and Godwin are as good of a pair as any. O.J. Howard and Rob Gronkowski are as good of a, a, a pair as any. Bruce Arians, I think, is one of the best offensive minds in the game. He traditionally hasn't used tight ends, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes with that. Um, I don't even care what their defense looks like, to be honest with you, because I know whatever their defense looks like on paper, it's going to be better statistically because of how good their offense is going to be, how well they're going to be able to control the ball. Tom Brady's going to be able to pick up third downs. Um, Leonard Fournette's going to be able to move the chains, in my opinion. So uh, Tampa Bay is going to be a Super Bowl contender all year. Um, Moving on to number three, I got I got the MVP and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think that it's basically going to be. I would love to see another Kansas City Baltimore AFC Championship game. I think Lamar Jackson is a special player. Uh, Mark Ingram is going to be a, you know a great a great leader for like the young J.K. Dobbins, and uh, we all know what a Baltimore defense looks like. Even though they just lost Earl Thomas, I think that the foundation is still there. To where they're going to be effective. Um, I look for Baltimore to keep, I just I look for them to come out hot. I look for them to kind of continue what they what they did last year and really they have got to have a sour taste in that that loss. You don't think uh, you percent. don't
0: think more teams are going to adapt to to Lamar and really try and figure him out?
1: They will one hundred percent. But he's good enough to where I don't think it's going to matter. Okay. I think their offense is too diverse. Hollywood Brown putting all that muscle. And being that big play outside wide receiver threat, um, you know, with like the inside run, with Lamar's outside running capabilities, it's just too much. That offense is too dangerous. Uh, And the defense is too good. Um, And they have – they got the best kicker in the game. So they obviously have elite special teams, great coaching. So Baltimore is going to be a Super Bowl contender. Um, I got them at number three right now. New Orleans, I got a number two. I think that purely they're my favorite NFC East because they've been together. We got Sean Payton and Drew Brees. Um, we got Kamara. We got Michael Thomas. We got the same old same old names, same old faces. Uh, they don't need a preseason. They're ready to go. I don't think that COVID is going to affect that team hardly at all. Um, and they're going to come out and probably win the most games in the NFC that they're going to be right around 12, 13 wins, uh, even being in that tough division. So uh, I got I got New Orleans coming in at number two, really riding off that chemistry. And then I think everybody's kind of unanimous with Kansas City at number one this year.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, it, that's it's, it's hard not to put them at number one. They are the reigning Super Bowl champs. They have the best quarterback in the league right now, who just locked up a half billion dollar contract which isn't really a half billion dollar contract which we kind of discussed on the TSK show a couple of weeks ago but you get the point but yeah i mean Kansas City is the best team in all of football right now the the season hasn't started they're the reigning super bowl champs you have to have them at number 1
1: yeah uh, uh it's just it's one of the most dangerous offenses i've ever seen yeah um you know we'll see what the the rookie, Clyde edwards Hilar has a ton of pressure on him right now to kind of turn into a Darren Sproles type. He's 5'7". He's really short and compact. He's powerful. Uh, he's really good at the passing game. So he's looked for him to kind of, you know, I know anyone that's played fantasy football has seen his name really high up on the draft board. So uh, he'll be interesting to see. But really, it's not going to matter what he does. Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, Ty Freak, Nicole Hardman, Patrick Mahomes uh it's just too much man they're they they're gonna be looking we could be looking at maybe our first three T nfl champs Oof. i've ever seen you know i mean that's how good these that's how good that this team is well, let's let's that's see if they can team, win two in a row before team. we
0: get to three in a row
1: well i think that that's what he, i think that that's what Mahomes' path is on i mean i think he sat at home and watched that jordan documentary and I think he's got an MVP. He's got a Super Bowl. He's 25, 26 years old. Just got engaged. I mean, what what motivates him now? And I think it's to start doing shit that nobody's done, do shit that nobody's No, that's a, do. that's a good point.
0: That's a good point.
1: So Mahomes, man, watch out.
0: All right, let's uh run through one through ten real quick, and then uh, we'll move on to the picks of the week.
1: All right, so uh, what, I'm gonna start from one. Uh, we're gonna go Chiefs. Saints, Ravens, Buccaneers, Cowboys, then the Seahawks, the Vikings, the Niners, the Buffalo Bills, and the Atlanta Falcons. Seven NFC teams, three AFC teams.
0: All right. It's going to be interesting to compare this week's power rankings to week 17. But before we make our picks of the week this segment. Yeah,
1: even week two. I mean, think <laughs> yeah. about how, 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 how crazy it's going to be after watching them play one time. You know,
0: we're used to getting four preseason games. Yeah, the no preseason is definitely going to be a factor, I think. But before we make our picks of the week, this segment of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by J. Diamond Estates. For all your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jacobdiamondestates.com, DRE number 20 so all right like we said jacob this is your first full nfl season with us here at the tsk show we're excited and every year we have gone and picked out every single game over the nfl regular season and tyler and i keep track of our records of how many we get right how many we get wrong and we compare at the end of the season uh we'll mention uh the the gambling line for each game usually uh but we're not really necessarily picking based off of the line we're just picking up straight up who he thinks going to win the game and I'm kind of explaining the the rules for not only Jacob but for the listeners as well as as kind of a refresher uh Tyler do you remember your percentage from last year?
1: I don't, but I know last year you beat me. Yeah, good, I'm think. pretty
0: sure I'm pretty sure I got like over 60% right. So, I Yeah,
1: maybe even more, yeah.
0: Yeah, I I did pretty well last year, but well, I'm hoping for at least 40. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> if you can get at least 40 or 50%, I'd say that's pretty pretty well done. Yeah, I think 40 or
2: 50 is doable.
0: 60 you'd have to get pretty lucky. Yeah.
1: If you can get if you can get more right than you get wrong, you're doing pretty good. Yeah.
0: I mean, let's just try and shoot for over over 500. Ah. But all right, let's Let's kick it off. We got Thursday night, tomorrow night. It is the the eve of NFL football, as I've said multiple times tonight. Kicking it off for us, we got the defending Super Bowl champs at home going up against the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored minus nine. I'm going the Chiefs to win this game. Jacob since it's your first season or full season with us I will give you the the first chance to say who you think is going to win this game. I'm going to have to go with
2: Kansas man. Uh I think they follow up their Super Bowl uh win and Houston has a good team but I just think that Kansas has the edge in this one.
0: Yeah, I, with with Kansas City Tyler talked about them being the number one team in the TSK show power rankings and we heard all about that but the reason why I think they're going to win this game is because houston is really i think going to miss that deandre hopkins watson connection Wat- yeah deshaun watson connection tyler who do you have winning this game
1: uh i got i got kansas city winning the game but i think houston's gonna be better on offense than people are are assuming because of deandre i think they're um, i
0: think they're going to be solid on offense i don't think they're going to take as much of a step back as a lot of people think but i think in this game gonna no they're going to be good but i'm I'm talking this game specifically against kansas city you need a receiver like deandre deandre hopkins to combat such a high-powered offense that kansas city has with your own high-powered well, offense
1: uh, so you know, I really like the Texans this year to surprise people because I think that they're a more balanced offense. I think that they've got a couple good runners and David Johnson's a great lead back. I think Will Fuller's going to be able to be a next man up guy. Uh, Brandon Cook, they signed Brandon Cooks. So you can be, you know, what he can do on the outside and down the he's field. He's just got to stay healthy. So uh, and then Deshaun Watson, we, you know, I think he's an elite quarterback. So. Uh, Houston's going to be a lot better. But, yeah, no, Kansas City's just, I think, a superior team. Yeah.
0: All right. We got a full slate of games on Sunday. First game, obviously, I know who Tyler's picking in this game. Oh, no doubt. But it's, it's the Battle of the Birds. We got the Seattle Seahawks going down to the ATL to take on the Atlanta Falcons. And Seattle's actually favored on the road, minus one and a half. Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks. Tyler, I know you're taking the Seahawks. Jacob, are you taking the Seahawks? I'm I'm going with
2: the Hawks. Okay.
1: We're all in on with the Hawks. it's, It's a tough travel to these counts, but I think the boys got it.
0: Yeah. All right. Then we got a battle of the state of New York, and we got the New York Jets going up north to upstate New York to go play the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo is favored at home minus six and a half. And I know Tyler put the Buffalo Bills in the TSK Show Power Rankings, but I think Sam Darnold and Le'Veon Bell are going to come in there and upset the Buffalo Bills week one. I got the Jets winning week one.
1: See, this is another game where, like Houston, I think the Jets are going to be okay this year. Um, I think they're going to be much more competitive football team. But I think, you know, I got Buffalo as a top-ten team. I think that they're the most ready to, to, to jump. While the New England is down,
0: yeah, it's it's gonna be tough, especially with the Jets getting rid of Jamal Adams and sending him to Seattle. But I don't know. I just I have a feeling week one something funny always no, tends they, to happen.
1: Yep, and uh, uh, and it's gonna, I mean it's gonna be a good game. I think that Adam Gates is gonna be have that offense ready to go. I think that they've got a better setup now with. With Darnold, is a little more experienced. Le'Veon's been there. Hopefully he's repaired some of their relationship. And then Frank Gore is a great veteran uh, backup. So uh, I think the Jets are going to be competitive. But Buffalo, I like Buffalo, Buffalo this year to really make some noise in the AFC.
2: Yeah, see, I'm taking Buffalo in on this one, only because Tyler mentioned in his power rankings that this division for them is wide open. So I think they come yeah. out and make a statement in this game.
0: Yeah, no, and and listen, week one is the perfect time to make a statement. Let everybody know what's up week one. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. All right, the next game we got is a battle of the NFC North. Well, really, the next two games are the battle for the NFC North. Uh, first, we'll do the Chicago Bears going to Detroit to take on the Lions. Detroit is favored minus three, so they're the home team obviously only favored by a field goal. Uh, but I got Matt Patricia and the detroit lions coming out getting this win they kind of had a rocky year last year nobody really knew what to expect from them each week they they sh- they would show flashes of greatness and then they would just end up losing the game um but i think with matt stafford healthy carry on johnson as the lead back uh, i got detroit winning this game chicago obviously there's a lot of dysfunction going on with that organization oh absolutely tyler talked about the the quarterback battle uh last week with uh, Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles. Obviously, the the Bears went with Trubisky. I think that was obviously the move they had to make, not the move they wanted to make, but the move they had to make.
1: It's yeah, it's similar to like a fighter fighter with that scenario. Like it's like Mitch Mitch Trubisky had the belt, so yeah. it's like Foles doesn't just have to like barely beat him. He needs to like beat him, beat him. And it, yeah, it needed you know, to be overwhelming. I, I I think Foles is like better, like like a little better than Trubisky, but like they invested a lot in they they invested a lot in Mitch, so they got a roll they got a roll with him unless it's like just a clear, just a you know three steps ahead type of scenario.
0: So we all got Detroit winning this game. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, the next game. I like
1: Detroit to be. I like Detroit to be a surprise team.
0: Yeah. No. Listen. I
1: like. I, I like Matt. I like Matt Patricia. I like their running back room now. Adding uh, Adrian Peterson with uh, big time Richard pickup
0: rookie. that Washington cut.
1: DeAndre and DeAndre Swift. You know the rookie with Han Johnson. That's a nice little group. We know what Stafford can do. So, um, and I love Patricia. So. Yeah. It can be good.
0: All right, the next matchup we got is the Green Bay Packers going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. And I got Green Bay coming in and upsetting a top 10 TSK Show power rankings team, the Minnesota Vikings. Aaron Rodgers has heard all the noise this offseason, everybody talking shit about what the Packers didn't do to help him. And he knows it too. Yeah, and but Aaron Rodgers just always seems to find a way to get it done. And I think he's going to get it done week one and beat Minnesota. He's, and like we said with, with making a statement with the Buffalo Bills, I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers specifically, he's going to come out and make a statement that, listen, you might have drafted Jordan Love, but I'm not going anywhere kind of thing. So I, I look for the Packers to, to win week one against Minnesota. Tyler, what about you?
1: Boys, we have we been talking football the last couple of years? You're starting to sound <laughs> starting to sound like your boy. You got Rodgers. You got Rodgers come in to Minnesota Week One, after they dropped the first. I love it. I love it. I'm going. I'm rolling with the Green Bay. Of course, of course. For everything you just said, draft Jordan Love. Chat, draft, draft Jordan Love. See what happens. Rodgers calls the plays on the field. Uh, I look for. I, I. I'm. I'm about that. I want. I want to watch Rodgers walk into Minnesota and win that game single handedly, and I want to see the discount double-check.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to go with the uh, Rogers and the Packers on this one. All right,
1: man. This is Minnesota. This is not a slouch. It's hard to take Green Yeah, you
0: know? no. It's it's tough, especially. Uh, I mean. Tyler brought up Minnesota's yeah. defensive core that's been together for for a while. I look at two UCLA Bruins who I like to mention a lot when talking about the Minnesota Vikings and Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. They are savages on the field. But
1: I'd... I tell you what, you you know who hates the fucking you know who hates Rogers, the the state of Minnesota. <laughs> that's a so fact. It's it, it's like uh, you know they're they're gonna be ready to go. But yeah, of course they've got to go with Rogers.
0: All right, the next matchup we got uh, the NFC East. We got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to the nation's capital to take on for the first time, and I'm, this is very weird to say, the Washington Football Team.
1: What what do they call the? We got to figure out what they call their fans. That's what we got to call them. The
2: Washington Football Fans.
1: <laughs> That's can't get any can't get any easier than uh, that. Uh... <laughs> Um, oh no, god! The it, the issue with all the the uh, the reason why I hate this is because I just hear I whenever I hear Washington football team I just think of the University of Washington. Like, yeah, that's, that's what the
2: logo looks like. It's just a I W. Yeah, if you, go on, if you go on ESPN and you look, it's just at, a maroon and yeah, gold, and you see w. all the teams' logos for the matchup, and it's just a, yeah.
0: a W.
1: Anyways, I can't pick the team that doesn't have a mascot, so I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Philly getting the dub,
0: yeah Philly's Philly's getting but the I, dub.
1: I, I'm not high on philadelphia this year i I see Philadelphia really high on a lot of people's power rankings. I know they're a nitty gritty team, but I think Wentz. i think wentz lost lost a little bit of that magic when he got injured
0: yeah it's, i mean listen that's that's one of the keys to them being successful is Carson wentz being out on the field, and that's that's been a question mark the past couple of years. But on the other side, no, what were you saying? No, go ahead. Well, if it's about the Eagles, let's stay on the Eagles for a second.
1: Well, I just think that his, you know, when he came in, his thing was being just wild and reckless. I mean, it was like, this kid's North Dakota tough, like step up in the pocket, 60-yard bomb, just gets drilled. And, you you know, when you watch the movie Talladega Nights, with the great Will Farrell and he gets in his and he gets in his wreck. Uh, you know they have that scene where his dad comes with the 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 cougar yep. because he needs to face the fear. He he's seen the fear and now he can't go fast. I think that Carson Wentz has kind of seen the fear now that he's hurt, and it's like shit, man. I can't be this reckless guy that I used to be anymore because I know that it hurt. You know I know that I could be injured. And he was never, you know, I don't think he ever experienced that before that devastating of an injury. And he played so, so balls to the wall, like Allen Iverson almost. Um, and now I think that he lost a little bit of that step because, you know, he's a little smarter for, you know, the injury.
0: Yeah. No, I I definitely think that's, that's a great uh, comparison with the balls to the wall mentality and and to to compare it to to football, I think it's almost similar to to a lot of the criticisms cam Newton had with cam would take a lot of hits and he wouldn't get down, and that would that would end up costing Carolina because he would be banged up by the end of the year and he wouldn't be able to to finish it out. So I think that's definitely a concern with Carson wentz but on on the opposite side, seeing dwayne Haskins junior get voted as a captain in his second year. I think that's a really good step for the Washington football team to take, especially with head coach Ron Rivera being in his first year, a completely revamping and restructuring of uh, not only the the football, but the business operations as well uh, with that organization. So I know they're not going to be a good team this year, But I think it's really encouraging to have a second-year quarterback and really who you want as the face of your franchise, along with Chase Young on the defensive side, be be voted as a captain.
1: See, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with you here. I'm not necessarily – I just feel like if you're a quarterback, if you're a starting quarterback and you're not the captain, that's a bad sign. So yeah, That's fair. It is, no, that's sense, that's that's, it, that's a
0: fair point to make too.
1: It is it is good in the sense that like, okay, well he he got it. He's supposed to he's supposed to be the captain. He is the captain. You know, if, if he wasn't the captain it'd be a problem. So, in that sense it is a good thing, but I think that that's kind of like that, that's an expectation. It should be a given. Uh, and they're going to struggle this year, but uh they're definitely moving in the right direction. I like Ron Rivera and I like sticking with the quarterback. I'm glad that they didn't draft somebody this year. I'm glad that they rolled with Chase Young. They're rolling with Dwayne Haskins, giving them another another season uh to develop. And uh yeah, I mean, like I said, they're gonna struggle this year. Maybe four maybe four wins, but um their future's gonna be all right.
0: Yeah. Jacob, who you got winning this game, Philly or Washington?
2: No, I have the Eagles in this. Uh Washington has too many question marks.
0: Okay. Um I skipped the game. And that is the Miami Dolphins traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Uh, I have New England winning this game in Cam Newton's debut, uh, especially going up against the Dolphins. Dolphins never do well in Foxborough. It's always uh, the flute game when uh, New England goes down to Miami is when the Dolphins tend to beat the Patriots. But with Miami moving on from Josh Rosen and him ending up in the perfect scenario, I think, with Tampa Bay, um, I don't know what Miami is doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're just they're in a transition. I mean they're they're cleaning house. They're trying to acquire uh, acquire assets, acquire draft picks, acquire players, young talent. Um, this is so I think it reminds me a little bit of what Seattle did when they just completely, you know, clean house. Um, and it's it's frustrating because they're going to lose a lot of games this year. Uh, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, obviously, is going to put them in position to be competitive. Uh, but really, he's just a crutch for Tua. So if you're a Dolphins fan, you basically got to just be excited you got Tua <laughs> and wait for him to develop.
0: Yeah, but I still but. don't think Tua should touch the field at all this year.
1: If if you're a Dolphins fan, you should not want you do not want to see him on the field. I think it's a win if you can get uh I think it's a win if you can get through the season without him having to play. But uh there's just I just know from ex- past experience there's so much pressure to get these young guys out there, uh, from ownership, from fans. Yeah. Um, and maybe even from, from locker room, you know. So uh I do expect to see two and now. I didn't at first. Uh, Rosen being gone just kind of uh, solidifies that two is probably going to see the field by the end of the year. Yeah.
0: So, we we all got the Patriots winning that game?
1: Yep. Yeah. All right. And then Ro- Ro- Rosen signed to Tampa Bay, right?
0: Yeah, he signed on as a practice squad player. So, I, d- I believe they didn't have to cut someone from the 53-man roster. And because the practice squad uh, yeah, rosters were expanded – So, and he already had guaranteed money, so Tampa Bay didn't have to pay him all that much.
1: Yeah, and he's in the East Cubs State, the state of Florida.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect scenario for Josh.
1: No, it is. I I really hope that uh, he finds a home there. I mean, he's kind of almost, he's having a similar, like, just, I forget who it was. That just escaped me. But, anyways, he's had different coaches every single year. He's had different systems, different teams. Um, so he hasn't really gotten a fair shot to develop into a guy like Sam Darnold has, Lamar Jackson has, yeah. Baker Mayfield has. Um, well, Baker's so had a bunch of
0: bunch of transitions, too.
1: Yeah, but Baker's been... But at, at least he's been this, in the same the team, yeah. Uh, and the, yeah, in the same team. And Baker has had a lot of coach turnover, but... Uh, I hope the Rosen funds at uh, home with Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay when when Tom's gone, when Tom retires in three four years.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on, we got the Las Vegas Raiders making their debut. They're traveling to the East Coast to take on Teddy Two Gloves making his debut for the Carolina Panthers. the The Raiders are actually favored minus three on the road, and I'm shocked by that. I have Carolina winning this game. It's it's never easy for uh, a West Coast team to travel to the East Coast and play a, a 10 o'clock game. But I just have no faith in Derek Carr as a quarterback, and I have a lot more faith in Teddy Bridgewater and the weapons he has around him in Carolina than I do with the Raiders. So Carolina, I think, is winning this game pretty easily.
1: I got I got I'm going with Vegas. I like John Gruden to get this team ready to go uh much better than a rookie head coach. Um so I think that purely John Gruden, I think the talent is kind of even for the Raiders and the Panthers. Uh Derek Carr, I have a little more faith in him than you do, obviously. I like some you know, I like I like Josh Jacobs. I like the addition of Henry Ruggs um so i like las vegas to come in prepared for their first game as the las vegas raiders um but john gruden as the coach going against the rookie matt rule
2: well i gotta break the tie i gotta go with teddy and the panthers on this one
0: yeah no listen the the first year head coach definitely is a factor with matt rule making his debut for the carolina panthers and the the preparation factor i think tyler is is spot on with that i think that there is going to be some some jitters with uh carolina but i think ultimately it's it's going to even out and i think being at home well without fans still i think it being at home will help carolina just with the familiar familiarity of their surroundings so i mean it it's going to be an interesting game for sure but uh, i got carolina winning moving on we got The Indianapolis Colts going down to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Indianapolis is favored on the road, minus eight. I got the Colts coming in and winning this game. Phillip Rivers, first year without the Chargers. I mean, the Colts, I think, have a chance to win the uh, AFC South this year and a very good chance at it at that. So I I got Indy winning this game pretty easily, especially with all the the moves Jacksonville has made recently.
2: Yeah, but they had a lot of drama in the off season too.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a mess for them. So I got the Colts winning. Jacob, who do you got? I'm going with the Colts as well, Tyler.
1: Yeah, I got the Colts definitely. They're going to be looking to they're definitely going to be looking to win the division. Uh, Jacksonville's basically the only one that I don't think has a shot to win the division. Houston, I think is gonna surprise people. They're definitely, I think, the third third horse in the race between Indianapolis and Tennessee.
0: Yeah. Moving on, we got uh the Cleveland Browns going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Baltimore is favored minus eight. Obviously Cleveland Browns, they're looking to turn their hype machine into what it was supposed to be last year. Uh clearly it was a disappointing season for them but like Tyler said in the power rankings and why he had Baltimore so high that chip on their shoulder and that bad taste in that their mouth that they have from the postseason last year I think it's only going to carry him this year like Tyler was saying so I, I got Baltimore winning this game pretty easily
1: yeah I I, I think that this one you know I hesitate for a little bit because I'm really, I, I really do think that Cleveland's going to have the year this year they're supposed to have last year, um, but I think Baltimore, like you said, is going to come out with the vengeance, and they could be that team that puts up forty, you know, this first week.
2: Yeah, easily. Yeah, there's no way I can go with the Browns on this one. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got to go with the Ravens. Jesus, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm sorry. I, I don't have COVID. I promise. Um, well, the good thing there's a piece of glass right here in front of us. Yeah, there
0: so. there have been some modifications made to the the studio we're in, so there is a separation. Yeah, these are great great changes, Jacob and I. But no, I was I mean I was half laughing, half coughing because Jacob said some of the key words. I can't ever pick the ground. I just, the just can't. They have they have Mayfield so I think he's the issue, so Tyler, I, just, I can't go with them. Tyler and I ta- have talked about it for years on the Sports Kingdom shows. It's very hard to pick. The Browns to win a football game.
2: And that chance that you don't pick them
0: on some weeks is the weeks that they win. Yeah. So yeah, that's usually how it ends up. They going. end up screwing you. So uh we we all got the Baltimore Ravens with that. Uh now moving on, we got the Los Angeles Chargers going to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Chargers favored minus three on the road. I know they lost Derwin James uh for the year with a with a torn meniscus. But I still think the Chargers come out and win this game. The Cincinnati Bengals, they had the number one overall pick for a reason. They they are not a good football team. I know Joe Burrow is the future and I, I do see a lot of promise in him, but I don't see him succeeding against a strong defensive front like Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram week one in his NFL debut. It it's just I can't picture that.
1: Uh, the Bengals are going to be pretty bad this year. I think Joe Burrow is going to be okay. You know, he's going to be okay, but this is going to be a tough rookie season. Um, Chargers are Chargers are good to go. They're they're going to be looking to compete in AFC for a playoff spot and to possibly win games. Um, they're super talented. Derwin James' loss is, is tough, but I said last episode, I think that they're built well enough to survive losing a star like that and still be a competitive football team and tyrod taylor is going to give him a shot to win right at the jump and the second that justin herbert's ready man that kid he's impressive when he throws the ball so when they think that he's ready to to lead a football team and go win a game uh they you know they could have a better quarterback in the second half of the season nothing against tyrod i love tyrod but you never know you know that's that's how this season could go
0: yeah jacob who you got winning this game yeah, I got LA taking this one pretty easily. All right. The the matchup we all think that it's gonna come down to in the NFC South is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. And they face off week one. We're we're gonna find out what who's gonna have the advantage in the tiebreaker between these two week one. Cause I mean, I, I think that's safe to say all three of our predictions is it, it is gonna come down to Tampa Bay and New Orleans for that NFC South division. New Orleans obviously is, May, yeah, yeah New Orleans is favored minus three and a half in this game. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm picking Tampa Bay to win on the road in Tom Brady's first game outside of a New England Patriots uniform. I know Mike Evans is dealing with a soft tissue injury and he's probably going to be a game time decision, but I don't know. Something tells me Tom's going to work to work his magic and get this victory week one over Drew Brees and Sean Payton and the New Orleans Saints?
1: I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't know if I – I mean, I just – You don't know if you like it that much,
0: uh, but (laughs) – To go with it. I
1: I wish that – you know, you got me questioning my pick because, God, I I do think that there is – this is the game of the week, like, no doubt to me. I think this is by far the best game of week one. It's the one everybody wants to see. Uh, and it's like I would love to see Tom just come in and, and beat the Saints. But I just think the Saints um being at home and their in their their environment and their you know, their routine uh with Breeze and Peyton that they're gonna have enough to beat a, a, a football team that's kinda trying to figure their things out as they go. I mean, Tampa Bay may not have the you know, they may be you know, four and two, three and three after the first six games. But, you know, the back half of the season, Tampa Bay is going to be a, a problem.
2: Yeah. Jacob, who you got winning this game? I think for the Bucks, this is a, a big game for them. And I think that they would w- like to come out and win this, but I don't think that it's going to get done in uh, New
0: Orleans. You got New Orleans. I got right? I got the Saints. Okay. Uh, next, we got uh, the last afternoon game. It's the Arizona Cardinals going up to Santa Clara to Levi Stadium to take on the San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco's favored by a touchdown minus seven. But the flashes that we saw of what could be with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray in that offense, and then adding DeAndre Hopkins along with a uh, veteran future first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion. I know football is very tough to be a first-ballot Hall of Famer, but I think Larry Fitzgerald is a first-ballot Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, that's about a sure thing to do.
0: Yeah. Uh, I got Arizona coming in and upsetting the reigning NFC champion, San Francisco 49ers. I'm all in on this Cardinals team. I think that Kyler Murray is going to be special. I know it's tough for me to, to root for him and be all in on him uh, because they're in the Rams division, but... I think Arizona is a really fun team.
1: Man, you're saying all the things I want to say, but I'm not (laughs) saying because I think that San Francisco is going to win this game, but, uh, I am super excited to watch Arizona play. Like I said, I think all four NFC West teams are going to be battling for a playoff spot. And I too, I mean, this offense is going to be fun to watch. You're going to, you know, you're going to see Kyler take a step forward this year, um, I saw, what's the kid that works with Matthew Berry a lot, the fancy kid, the younger guy? Um, God. Uh,
0: yeah. I can't I can't think of his name.
1: Man, I'm sorry. But you know what? I saw him talking about how, you know, Kyler really hadn't had the the leash taken off yet. You know, he's still learning things. It still was kind of like, you know, basic package. Wasn't for, you know. The second that he gets to go to where the offense is his, open it up, go go fast. You know, you got a full playbook. They're going to be dangerous, especially with all these wide receivers. And and, and you know, Kenyon Drake looks like he could be a good physical back to to complement. Yeah, Kyler. if he could be a, if he could be a
0: three down back, that'd be solid.
1: And Kyler could be Russell Wilson. You know, that's like that's what
0: that'd is be ideal.
2: Jacob, who you got with this game? I think this game's going to be close. It's going to be good, but I'd love to see the Cardinals win this one, but I got to go with the Niners.
0: All righty. Well, Tyler said that he thinks that Tampa Bay-New Orleans is the game of the week. This is a dark horse game, though, for me. This is I mean, not only is it my team playing, but it's Sunday night football, it's Rams-Cowboys, and it's the opening night. For SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. The first time an NFL game will be played in the new stadium in Inglewood. I mean, obviously I'm going with the Rams to win this game. I think locking up Jalen Ramsey for five years on that extension, making him the highest paid defensive back in NFL history, it only helps the Rams because it listen, Deion Sanders Sanders said, look good, feel good feel good play good play good pay good that's what Jalen Ramsey has done and now that he's been paid good I think he's even going to play even better so Rams they're going up against a really high powered offense with Dallas they have Amari Cooper they have Ezekiel Elliott obviously Dak Prescott their quarterback he's looking to get paid i know he signed the franchise tag and he's getting i think like 30 million i think this year something like that but he's looking for that long-term security so he's gonna have to play balls to the walls but i i got the rams winning this game obviously it's a homer pick call it whatever you want i'm I'm gonna pick the rams to win every week no matter what the record is but i think this is the game of the week it's it's gonna be fun both offenses have a, the chance to score a lot of points and both defenses are really solid and can make the big play, like the big flashy pick six or fumble recovery for a touchdown type play. So I'm excited for this game. I got the Rams winning, obviously. Tyler, who you got?
1: Oh, uh, you're excited, so I, and I understand. New it's the
0: eve stuff, of football, Tyler. We've waited for so long. February but, uh, seems like years ago.
2: We didn't even think we were going to have football.
1: That's very season. true. I, I just I, – I think – unfortunately, I think the Rams are in danger of taking a step back this year.
0: No, oh, don't don't Dallas, say that, Tyler.
1: I think Dallas wins this game and kind of takes the – man, they're just not the – they don't scare anybody without Gurley. That that, that absence of Gurley is, is – they got to show me what's going to happen because, I mean, Cooper Cup and, and Bob Woods, they made those guys look – they made those guys look really good, and I think that they're closer to, like – they're close. They're good players, um, but I don't think they're as good as they looked in that offense without Todd Gurley. Now they got to actually make the plays, uh, not just be the recipient of, you know, Todd Gurley packing everybody in. Um, but their defense is really good. So, you know, the Rams, if they hang their hat on defense, and, you know, they got Eric Dahl and Jalen Ramsey, who are two of the best players in the NFL. Arguably uh, the best at
0: it. their positions, both.
1: Arguably the both. Probably the best. At Aaron Donald, for sure. I'm more saying
0: board. arguably with Jalen Ramsey, but...
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. No, no doubt. Um, but I think the Dallas team is just too too stacked, too deep, too talented. There's not... There's, there's just too much... Uh, too much talent on their defense. I, you know, I don't know how the the Rams are as weird as they sound. I think they're going to struggle to score. They don't have, I mean, they have Sean McVay, who I think was, I think Sean McVay was the genius and kind of the engine behind the Rams, not Goff. Uh So, you know, McVay, I'm really, if McVay pulls something out of his ass this year, I'll be really impressed, but sorry, bud. I think the <laughs> opening night of the stadium, and who better than Dallas, who just had their their new stadium one-upped by L.A.?
0: Yes, they did have it one-upped. But, all right, Jacob, who you got in this game? I'm going with the Rams on this one. Just for the homer bias or? Uh, that, too, but I think, I think they do
2: have something to prove, too, after losing Gurley, so I think they're going to come out here and, and win this game.
0: All right. For Monday Night Football, first week of the, the NFL season, we got two games. First game is the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the New York Giants. Pittsburgh's favored on the road, minus five and a half. Big Ben making his return after season-ending injury with his elbow last year. He's got a lot to prove because a lot of people are saying he's too old, he's too fat. He can't move like he used to, can't throw like he used to. Um, The Giants, obviously, new head coach Daniel Jacobs is coming into his own. Saquon Barkley, one of the best young running backs in this league. I still got Pittsburgh winning this game pretty easily. Jacob, what about you? Oh,
2: yeah, same. I like the Giants. They're young, but I don't think they have enough pieces to beat the Steelers.
0: Tyler?
1: Yeah, see, I think this game's going to be close because it's a home game for the Giants, and I think Daniel Jones being a second-year player with uh, Saquon, who to me is the best running back in the league. But I like Pittsburgh to win the game. They're just, even though I'm really concerned about Ben, I, I'm Ben. Ben definitely concerns me with his elbow, having injured it in a non-contact injury last year. Uh, we just gotta see how he's gonna hold up. But as far as week one goes, he's gonna be good. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it, his his arm progresses or digresses throughout the season. Yeah. All right, the I got Pittsburgh. Yeah.
0: The the primetime matchup for Monday night football is the Tennessee Titans going to Denver, the mile high city, to take on the Denver Broncos. Tennessee is favored minus one and a half. Uh Tennessee obviously coming off a great run to end the regular season and then make the postseason and the run they made to almost make the Super Bowl. I got Tennessee winning this game. Obviously Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry coming off of those performances in that in that run I just mentioned. It's it's gonna be really tough for Denver, I think, to defend Derrick Henry with losing Von Miller potentially for the season. Uh with that news coming out uh a couple of days ago, I think yesterday even, uh, Von Miller might be out for the, the entire season. So I don't think Denver has and a
1: Brad, good... and, and Bradley Chubb is hurt.
0: Yeah, and and Bradley Chubb is hurt, so I don't think that Denver has a good chance to win this game at all.
1: Nice. Well, I got Denver winning. <laughs> I like I like Denver and Mile High Week One Monday Night Football last game of the week. Denver always surprises in prime time. Um, I, and uh, I like John Elway to get this team uh ready to rock um in tennessee um tennessee is one of those teams last year that i didn't respect basically the entire season uh, i'm not quite as high on them to ride their momentum but they but they made the playoffs the last two years so, and they just got Jadavion uh, Clowney. and they just got Clowney, who's a beast but i like denver with melvin gordon philip lindsey i like the drew locke has been there a couple of years now so he's obviously i do love drew lock and uh, and and I like Denver at home in prime time, under the lights, night, Denver, Denver air. Um, I like Denver coming in and getting that win.
2: Jacob, what about you? No, I got to go with Tennessee on this one. I think they build up on their momentum. I don't think that they'll get as far as they did last year, but I think that
0: they'll still be solid this year. All righty. Well, uh, that wraps it up for the picks of the week for week one. Like I said, when we we started this, uh, we will keep track of our record each week and report back on how we did. Um, Now, real quickly, before we get out of here, I know this has been a a long episode, but I wanted to touch on Hard Knocks, the season finale, because it did focus on both the Los Angeles teams, uh, and we've kind of gone over most of the episodes here on the Sports Kingdom show. So uh, episode five, the season finale, it was basically just about all of the cuts that needed to be made for the Chargers and Rams to get down to the 53-man roster. And then obviously the big storyline with the Chargers in episode five was the Derwin James injury and him tearing his meniscus and having to be out for most likely the entire year. Uh, Overall, I think this might have been the worst hard knock season as far as content. Uh, but they did the best they could do with COVID and having no preseason. I think, obviously, the preseason games helps with content being able to be generated for each episode and the the storylines with the bubble players on who's going to make the team, who's not going to make the team. So pretty, pretty lackluster Hard Knocks Los Angeles featuring the Rams and the Chargers, in my opinion. Uh, Tyler, what did you think?
1: definitely the worst one yet but (laughs) like you said like you said i mean it's not really fair they didn't have the the same amount of content to to work with um it it was uh it was interesting i mean it was cool because it was like a ppi the curtain of what sports teams were doing to deal with this crazy pandemic they were all stuck in definitely so um that was definitely the coolest part of it they did what they could like you said uh all in all i enjoyed it but yeah it got to be the worst one yet
0: jacob
2: it was good i mean the whole season again you can't really do too much and you know the beginning episode was a lot of zoom stuff but overall i think they did what they could with it i mean it was still fine i will say this this last episode was kind of tough to watch because it is when they make cuts and yeah uh, especially with the chargers losing derwin james but overall though if I had to give it a grade, it was it was like a solid B in my opinion. I mean, it could have been worse, honestly. But yeah. out of all the other Hard Knocks that I've seen, it was probably one of the worst ones. Yeah, hey, at least
0: like you said, at least we got Hard Knocks and at least
2: yeah. we got the NFL this year. I think it was it was a good little preview to get you amped up for the season, which yeah. again
0: we didn't even think we were gonna have. And I remember I remember one of the the moments uh, when we saw them uh, practice in pads for the first time and actually do some hitting. That was. Almost, like a, uh, like it, it got my juices flowing because it was like, oh, football's almost here, like, and now like you, you could see like during this segment we 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 were all pretty excited that that football is back. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's close it out. You guys got any shout outs before we get out of here?
1: Yeah, man, I got to shout out my dog, one of my favorite. Basketball players of all time. My favorite Tar heel of all time. I knew this was coming. Uh, Marvin Williams retiring. Uh, man, Marvin was a kid from Bremerton, Washington, which is basically like a shithole town that, you know, <laughs> not a lot going on. I mean, coming from another shithole town, uh, he played a basketball in my, you know, in my conference, in my high school's conference. Uh, I loved North Carolina growing up, so it was really cool to just have that experience of seeing him on the court up close before I went to North Carolina. And he was always just the band for... He didn't transfer. He didn't go to one of... He didn't go to Ranger Beach in Seattle. He didn't go to... You know, he didn't go to Franklin or Garfield. He didn't go to any of these big-time, like, private schools. He stayed, at, he stayed at Bremerton with his friends and family, uh, and it worked out well for him. Hung a banner at Chapel Hill and uh, played over fifty, played fifteen years in the NBA. Not bad.
0: Not many people can say that.
1: No. Nope. So shout out Marv, one last time.
0: Jacob, you got a shout out? Not this week. All right. Well, uh, I'm my shout out is uh, a, an add on to to my apology to to Rajon Rondo. I just wanted to apologize again for disrespecting playoff Rondo. Uh, I hope he can keep it up. Because I, I call it like I see it. So if he, if he has a, a bad performance, Lakers Nation's going to be on his head. So uh, hopefully Playoff Rondo can keep doing his thing. But uh, don't forget, this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Campus Point Coffee. Support us, support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code TSKSHOW at checkout. That's promo code TSKSHOW for 15% off your purchase at CampusPointCoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. And don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Picholke, and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.